0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck.
0: wear suits to games (laughs) that's absurd
1: welcome back everyone to the guys and ties podcast it is saturday night right after the uva football game has ended and we are victorious me and rob are excited to talk about this and speaking of Rob, I'm here today with Rob. How you doing, Rob?
2: Great, man. I'll tell you, it's incredible what difference a week makes. A week ago, we were sad. We lost Indiana. All of a sudden, the world's spinning again. It's a great day, man.
1: The world was crying. I mean, it was raining so much, that game. And today, it was dry. It's raining other places, but it was dry in the music city. So I think it was fun for me to watch. But Rob, I want to hear what you're takeaways are from the game
2: i mean it was just a good game yes there were some moments where ah, i'm on the edge of my see and i don't know if this is really the road we want to go down really the uva route we're gonna blow a 35 to 7 lead but that's one thing bronco keeps talking about is that mentality there's he's trying to get rid of that oh no here it goes again mentality and we did that today and i thought we played a really really good football game I mean, we were up 35-7, to and we wanted to keep our foot on the pedal and get another touchdown before the half, and even though it kind of came back to bite us, I liked it. I liked the mentality. I want to keep our foot on the gas, and we still got a field goal out of it. The offense was as good as it was against UConn last year. Very different look, but really good.
1: Yeah, I really like the mentality of the team to just keep on pushing and try and run out the score. Even though this was a team that we were up 35-7, to the coaches still wanted to get more. And I really like that. And not taking their foot off the pedal. I mean, this is something that the basketball team could take note of, right? Because sometimes when the basketball (laughs) team gets up a lot, right, they kind of slack off. And we've seen that sometimes where they can really hold back and it goes against them. But the football team is not doing that anymore. And I thought that was really impressive.
2: 38 first half points, most since against Duke in 1990.
1: And Duke used to suck back then. Yeah.
2: How about that? I mean, this is Honestly, one of the best offensive performances I can remember of my lifetime covering UVA football. It truly is. We were looking, my friends and I, we were looking at stats after the game. Virginia hasn't scored 50 points since 2005 in a football game against Temple in 2005. If one thing goes another way at the beginning of the second half, we probably hit 50. Yeah. This was one of the better offensive performances I can remember, and... It starts with our big three. Maybe that's a basketball term more than football. Yeah. But our big three, Bryce Perkins, Alameda Zacchaeus, and Jordan Ellis, they came to play.
1: I mean, they all had monster games today, right? Zacchaeus broke the UVA record for receiving yards in a game, and he had 247 receiving yards in a game and two touchdowns. And most of that was after the catch, right? This was all Zacchaeus doing work. There were five, maybe 10 yard passes that Zacchaeus turned into 70 uh, or 86-yard touchdowns. Yeah, Bryce Perkins,
2: 25 for 30, 379 yards, three touchdowns. And we've been critical of Bryce Perkins. I still don't think he has a great feel for the pocket. I still don't think he—I think he has a very average arm, and I think that's putting it nicely. Mm -hmm. But he made some good throws today. He rolled left one play and hit Zacchaeus for a very, very nice— you know, toe drag type of catch from Zacchaeus, And honestly, that deep ball to Devante Cross in the end zone, that was right in Devonte Cross's hands. He just couldn't haul it in.
1: Yeah, that's a tough catch because, I mean, he couldn't see the defender was all over him. But yeah. it, hit, it did hit his hands eventually. And, you know, the thing about Perkins is that he is not going to wow anyone with his arm, but he can make the throws that he needs to. And he only missed five today. But as you said, he does not have a good feel for the pocket, right? There are several times where the pocket started to collapse. And he got, he seemed to get spooked and just kind of, you know, went wherever he felt like he could. And that resulted in some several big sacks for Ohio.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Bryce Perkins is still developing as a passer. I think we can all see that. I also think it was very important for him after having a rainy day game against Richmond, where they didn't really open up the playbook too much, and then after having a very rainy game against Indiana, to have a game 90 degrees on a turf field, bright and sunny, let's see what we can do on offense. And Bryce delivered. Again, 25 for 30. That's a good completion percentage. Almost 400 yards passing. I don't see how you can't come away from this offensive performance generally pleased again we can pick the offensive line wasn't great in pass protection i still don't think our receivers are getting great separation on the ball most Mm -hmm. of our passes are coming from just finding holes in the zone listen you can nitpick any offense i was really happy with what we saw today
1: yeah and perkins you know his arm was great and he only ran for eight total yards and that that includes sacks but you know he's known as the running quarterback right he's been broadcast to uva nation as this running quarterback and today he only ran for eight yards and he had almost 400 passing. So this is a side of him that we have not seen yet. And that has some to do with the weather, some to do with, you know, probably as his progress with the team. But I like what I saw from him today. Me too. Yeah.
2: While we're still staying high level, let's talk about the defense. Mm-hmm. The defense, again, wasn't perfect. But again, very, very good performance. You think about those two touchdowns that we gave up at the end of the first half, both of those were on short field. One after uh, the fumble and the other after the onside kick, which was I enjoyed the onside kick. I yeah. thought it was kind of funny. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It, right it was the, very well executed. It hit him right
1: in the face. I And I honestly don't know if they... Do you think they tried to do that? To oh, yeah. Just kick it straight at his I helmet? think it was 100% intentional. Because it was brilliant yeah because it hit him and he couldn't do anything and it was a line drive right to his chest
2: so respect to the ohio special teams coordinator and respect to the kicker too i'm sure he looked forward when that play was called
1: dude that's that kicker definitely got some props on the sideline (laughs) after that i mean that was that was brilliant that was brilliant
2: as far as defense goes we got to give a shout out to zane zandier zane zandier started in place of the injured malcolm cook came away with one and a half sacks uh Ten total tackles. Really good performance by him. He was flying around. I always love the players that wear the neck braces mm-hmm. on the back. I just think it looks cool.
1: Yeah, it's old It's old school. Yeah. You know, it makes you look tough.
2: Chris Peace had a sack and a half. Charles Snowden was in with him on one of those that caused a fumble. You know, Eli Handback, I wish he could have held on to the football for two more yards. I wish he could have had that. I mean, it it all looked good. I was at a party
1: and someone stepped in front of the TV right as I was watching that. So I thought we scored. And then I see that we did not score. And I had no idea what happened. But apparently he just threw the ball at the ground, because that's what it looks like.
2: I think he was trying to switch hand. I think he was trying to do what a responsible ball carrier would do. He had he the is, ball in his right hand. But he's not a responsible he ball carrier. He tried to switch to his left hand. He should have just held on to it. <laughs> just like a baby. Just, like a straight, yeah, Cradle baby, that thing into the end A zone. case
1: of beer. Whatever you want. Whatever you're carrying <laughs> safely, right? But no, no, no. He tried to switch hands, all fancy, and he dropped the ball. Baby literally like- and figuratively
2: a shame i wanted that for him
1: all right it's okay. but
2: anyway uh other standouts to me just looking at the box score we knew we were going to put our secondary on an island this year let's be real our run defense our defensive line is not the strength of this football team so far they've generally held their own a rough first half against indiana but they did hold them scoreless in the second half today they did a pretty good job But what that entails is leaving our secondary out on an island. So while Tim Harris still seems to give up more big plays than you would like, there were some really good plays to be made in the secondary. Bryce Hall, he was on an island the entire game, four pass breakups, uh, including one critical one on fourth down, I think it was at the end of the third quarter. Uh, when Ohio was driving the ball, they were down 10. You know, if Bryce Perkins doesn't come up with that stop, maybe we're talking about a slightly different ball game. Mm. So he had a great stop there. As far as run support goes, obviously Quinn Blanding was our kind of star there from the secondary last year. Another fourth down stop on the option. Brendan Nelson and uh, Joey Blunt got in there in the backfield, stopped a fourth down option play. So again, really, really good plays from really across the team. Again, this is a performance that I'm happy with again i don't know if this gets us to six wins we'll see how the acc schedule shakes out Mm -hmm. but again i was very happy with how we played
1: yeah i mean if you just look at the box score if you just look at the recap of the game you might think that our secondary is worse than our front seven right but in reality we are packing that box and leaving our secondary on man to man which means that they're having a much more difficult task to try and guard these receivers, right? And that means that our rush defense is gonna look a lot better, right? Their leading rusher was their running back who had 43 yards, but their quarterback had 41. that includes Sacks, right? He had five rushes, five actual rushes. His longest was 70, right? So their quarterback had a better game than their leading running back. Yeah. And on the
2: defensive line, we had six tackles for loss. Yeah. You know, you can live with that. Again, this is Ohio. I don't think Ohio's a great team. We mm-hmm. saw how they struggled against Howard. But again, you do what you can against who you're playing. And I think Virginia took care of business today.
1: Yeah, I've, I I really I really like how the defense play, even though we gave up 31 points. this uh, This Ohio offense, we know is good, right? They can put up a lot of points, but they held their own when they needed to. Right. We beat them by two touchdowns. I really like how they played the whole team as a whole. They're, they're, we had some trouble with turnovers. We had three. Technically, we had three turnovers, right? With Eli handback fumbling at the goal line and Bryce had one. And then, um, Javaris Kelly had one too. But I, I really like how we played.
2: I also just like you bring up Tavares Kelly. I like that he was in up punt returner. Yeah. Had a little bit more speed. Uh, he probably shouldn't have gone after that one that he muffed, and yeah, I'm bad. sure the special teams coach will let him know about that. But, but he, he's a fresh. He man. also had like a 40 yard return. Yeah. So I mean, there's and, there's reason to be excited,
1: and there there's room to grow from there, right? He next time he'll know. Just go catch the ball. Don't yep. don't wait for it. Right.
2: Yep. So with that, that's our high-level breakdown of the game. And with that, I think we're going to give a call to our guest. We have a cool guest this week, Austin Foster. He is a recent graduate of UVA, and he actually worked in the recruiting office for Bronco Minenhall's staff, specifically on the offensive end. So he knows Bronco well. He knows quarterbacks coach Jason Beck well. He knows Marcus Hagens. I think we all know Marcus Hagens well. So we're really excited about this guest, and hopefully we'll get some insight and we haven't brought this up yet we also want to talk a little bit about the basketball schedule as well that came out this week so let's give austin a call hello hello
1: austin how's it going
0: i'm doing well how are you doing
1: we're good we're good we um it's a good day whenever the whenever the who's win. you know
0: victory saturday yeah yeah feels good to be uh, above 500 again.
1: Yeah. Austin, will you introduce yourself for us, please?
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Austin Foster just graduated uh, this May. Uh, longtime UVA sports fan uh, going football and basketball games way back, whether it was the uh, Marcus Hagen Florida State game or the, the u Hall days um, and was a fellow member of Who Crew uh, back in the UVA glory days.
2: Oh, yeah. I remember you, <laughs> so we have Austin on, and Austin, actually, while well, we love his basketball insight as well, and we're gonna get to his basketball insight. He also has great insight on football. he worked in the recruiting office for Bronco men and hall. uh, why don't you tell us uh just a little bit about what you did in the recruiting office, and then we'll we'll hear your thoughts on the game too,
0: yeah, definitely, so worked for Worked in the recruiting office for about three years um, under the director of player personnel, just kind of helping uh, recruit for uh, Coach Beck, Hagens, and Anai, uh just on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so kind of just helped them keep track of players they were targeting, players they were visiting. Um, just kind of lots of Excel spreadsheets as well, just trying to help keep everyone organized and on the same page.
2: Well, speaking of organizing on the same page, I think generally our offense was today. What did you think <laughs> about the Virginia offensive performance today against Ohio?
0: Oh, man. Well, uh, I guess those uh, the first three touchdown drives were all one play. Uh, right. So I w- w- was not used to seeing that. Um, and, you know, w- whenever UVA puts up 45 points on the board, uh, I won't be complaining. So... Seemed like uh, everything came together, thought the bow line really started with them. Um, actually giving, gi- giving Bryce some time to kind of sit back and throw those you know seven-yard out routes, which could uh, t- t- take a little bit of time to progress. Um, I think they really just set the tone from the beginning.
2: We've seen more explosive plays today than we probably have in the past six or seven games combined, dating back to last year. Was that something in the recruiting office y'all would talk about, bringing in more explosive players?
0: Yeah, I definitely think, you know, with Tavares Kelly, that was a big uh, point of emphasis. Um, I, obviously, Alameda was a London recruit. Um, but, yeah, definitely think, you know, whether it's kind of ho- home run hitters, whether it's, you know, fast wide receivers running back or, you know, just on the defensive side of the ball as well, just kind of, you know, Players that can make plays. I guess you said that in the past on the pod. Um but Thank you. you know, whether it's one the Nodin, guys? Uh, <laughs> yeah. so whether it's, you know, six six Snowden on the outside, just kind of finding playmakers. Um and you know, playmakers naturally will have that home run ability. So that's definitely something that, you know, they I think they have been focusing on um in this past recruiting season.
1: So I know just from knowing you personally that you're often critical of UVA teams and you often give them a <laughs> kind of a realistic outlook. You know, me and Rob are we're really super hype about, you know, football and basketball. I so try we, to
2: be realistic. I try. <laughs> I
1: know, but, but Austin is super, super That's realistic. True. That's so, true. So what do you think is a realistic outlook for this football team going forward? You know, moving into the ACC schedule um, with Louisville next week.
0: Yeah. I'm, I think if, uh, just for next week, if we played the way we did today, I think it should be a close game. I think Louisville, um, you know, ha- has a lot of, you know, un- unproven guys on their team. At the end of the day, we're not going to be the most talented team on the field, but if we execute and, you know, if Bryce starts 18 for 20 passing and Ellis is able to get five yards to carry, I think we're, we can be in any ACC game realistically besides maybe the last one on, of the season.
1: <laughs> we're not going to talk about that one. We'll get to that in November when <laughs> we have to.
0: But, yeah, I mean, you know, you'd said that bowl eligibility will go through this game, um, and I think, you know, definitely saw some things that, you know, we were worried after the Indiana game, but, you know, I think things are looking uh right side up. Uh, obviously, being a UVA sports fan is a, Roller coaster experience. So uh, you know, if we get blown out or don't look good next week, that could completely flip the script. Um, but I think realistically, still think a five and seven finish. I would not be too disappointed about. But just looking forward, I mean, you know, the ACC is winnable games. Whether it's uh, and I quote, the worst team in the ACC, Syracuse. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, uh, I gotta walk that back. <laughs> <laughs> you said,
1: let's replay it. Rob said FSU was the second best team in the ACC.
2: We're not all perfect, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I th- I think, you know, I think every, you know, NC State had their flaws. Um, you know, JMU is a good team. They played them tough. But I think, you know, while Louisville and NC State are, you know, probably some of the better opponents that we're going to face, I think that the Duke, UNC, pit stretch, all of those are winnable games that, you know, were better on paper. And, you know, if we just come out and execute, we uh, we should win.
2: So you talked about Bryce Perkins. Obviously, very good game today, 25 for 30. Um, and it was efficient. It wasn't necessarily deep throws downfield, but we hit the slants, we hit the curls, we hit what we needed to hit. Tell me, you yeah. were in the recruiting office when Bryce Perkins came on. What? Are you comfortable, or if you would say so? <laughs> what are you what allowed can you, to say? What can you say about how the uh, Bryce Perkins kind of recruiting commitment process, uh, how that unfolded?
0: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I guess after Binkert, you know, had, you know, broke records last year um, and kind of seeing Lindell sparingly last season, I think the coaches kind of made a target to, you know, look at grad transfers, with dual threat capabilities so i think in looking at grad transfer quarterbacks you know there are about four that we kept track of pretty closely that home run ability as you uh, alluded to earlier was one thing that we were looking at and just kind of you know obviously community college games might be a bit different bryce probably of the four had the best just naturally natural running ability everything fell into place eventually and you know, happy happy he's here. But, you know, might not have been the best passer of the four, but we got one of them. He's our guy now.
1: Yeah, so you're talking about running quarterbacks, and I noticed during the Richmond game that Brendan Armstrong also seems like he can run a little bit. Is this something that, you know, you think that UVA teams are going to go with in the future? Because at, at BYU, Bronco had Taysom Hill, who – was a running quarterback who could throw. And do you think that this is something that Bronco likes to have on his team? Or is that just kind of the model that we have right now? And going forward, we might see something different.
0: Yeah, I think uh, more than anything, it's just something that Anai is comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like part of the reason why he might have gotten criticized last year, uh, you know, past few years with Kurt, is just, you know, whether it's all those screen passes or flares... Swings out of the backfield just kind of by not having rather mobile quarterback in Ben Kurt that, that kind of was uncomfortable for a to start calling those plays. So really above anything, I think just having multiple athletes that can handle the ball um, is something that, you know, and I was used to, whether it was, you know, back in the Texas tech days or at BYU. Personally, I think having a kind of a pass first quarterbacks that has the ability to run is something in the long run that We'll focus on, but Mm -hmm. you know, running first. If Perkins is you know averaging twenty carries a game, obviously you you want to keep him on the field. But if he's able to do that, then I think that opens up the playbook uh, down the road. And I think you know, obviously, three games in, you probably, I think the fans have probably seen close to maybe forty percent of the playbook yet. And you know, in the next few weeks. Uh, Really start ramping things up and really get to see, you know, some trickeration, getting Joe Reed involved more just to get, get the ball in the hands of playmakers. So
2: we definitely want to talk about basketball. But before we switch over, the one thing we want to ask you is Bryce Perkins' development as a passer. That's one thing Dustin and I have talked about. And basically, we feel like we've concluded through three games, not the best arm, not the best pocket feel but today gave us signs of hope that hey at least he can work through even if it's not the sexiest pass in the world he can hit these 10 yard routes and when he needs to you know if he gets man-to-man coverage he can throw a 30 or 40 yard ball downfield what when you look at Bryce Perkins what do you think kind of his ceiling is and how fast we can expect him to reach that
0: yeah. So, you know, the thing I was impressed the most today was just kind of the, the timing. Um, you know, whether it was the Evan Butts kind of, you know, spot and hold routes, um, or, you know, those out routes to Day. Um, you don't really need the best, the best arm in the game if you just have the timing down and kind of, you know, are on the same page with your receivers. Um, and that's something that really stood out to me today is, you know, obviously it's not going to be. The, the, the fastest ball in the ACC by any means. Um, but if you're on the same page with the receivers, then, you know, he's he's throwing it when he needs to. I think that's what kind of made him look 379 passing yards. Uh, <laughs> can't really complain yeah, there. he's doing all right. Um, you know, I don't think, you know, obviously you're not going to see those bombs uh, that we saw last year from ben Kurt. But whether it's those short out routes or, you know, Seam routes over the middle. I think once he just starts running the ball, shows the defense that he can run, I think that's really going to open up everything uh, in the middle of the field, which as you alluded to last week, you know, I think that's why Indiana was able to shut us down is because, you know, they kind of took the middle of the field away. So I think if he plays the way he did today, just in terms of timing and, you know, not making, you know, not forcing anything, at this point that's kind of all we can ask from him um you know maybe next year he'll be able to throw open up the playbook a bit more you know get a bit more creative but at this point uh kind of happy with just the timing and not forcing anything and you know no pick sixes before the end of a half
2: <laughs> <laughs> great stuff great stuff Yes, Dustin. so
1: so let's move on to basketball you know you we know I like basketball a lot, but the ACC schedule just came out this week. And did you get a chance to look at it?
0: I did. Yep.
1: So, what is your initial take on the ACC schedule? Just, just your yep. first look. What did you think?
0: Uh, first look, you know, seemed fair. Uh, got fair share of Saturday games, and then I think the three big monday games um and prime time on the road um are all going to be challenges Um, i think (laughs) the the national audience when they tune into those games they're gonna see you know an exhausted uva team knowing that we play on each saturday before that and then you know they're in tough road environments so we're really gonna have to come out and you know just play our best basketball but you know that's what champions are supposed to do is kind of just in the toughest times just find a way to win I
1: I really like what you said about the Saturday to to Monday games because all of our big Monday games are on the road but I really like how we have 10 Saturday ACC games this year and I think that's really important for you know the national spotlight something that comes along with the national spotlight is you know everyone's going to talk about how we ended our season last year and what do you think is going to be the reaction of non-UVA people to seeing UVA a lot on national TV?
0: <laughs> uh, well, at least myself, I'd be pretty hypocritical saying, mm-hmm. you know, oh, they, <laughs> as, as good as you can be in the regular season or, you know, if we have, you know, top 10, top five rankings, oh, they're just going to lay over in the post season. Um, right. But, you know, I think, you know, we we deserve. It's not the most exciting uh, basketball to watch per se. From a just a generic college basketball fan, you know, you like seeing seeing some action up and down the floor. It's quality basketball, and uh, you know, best conference in the nation. And you know, there bound to be some some good games and some close fights. Yeah, what's
2: the stretch of the schedule? you're looking forward to most or you think it's most challenging. What part of the schedule kinda intrigues you the most? Because for me, it's that Duke Carolina Saturday Monday turn. Do you have the same impression?
0: Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> you know, I I I like how I really like how the first four games are scheduled before that away Duke game as well. Um, you know, obviously it's not the toughest, but I think it's really, you know, gonna get us in shape, you know, to have a really legitimate shot of entering the the Duke away game at four zero in the ACC, and you know we'll, we'll have already had some road games at Boston College and at Clemson that should test us. But yeah, I think the <laughs> that Saturday Monday, you know, I'm not even sure if they would go back to Charlottesville even uh, with that quick foot turnaround. They might just stay in the Raleigh Durham area. Um, well, the but,
1: the Duke game is at home, and then we go to Chapel Hill.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. So i i think they would be in Charlottesville. Right? yeah <laughs> i, I we, might, sure. we might stay there and we're
2: rescheduling basketball games like football games oh man oh Ooh. man <laughs> yeah if uh yeah could,
0: could play a basketball game in nashville if we wanted
1: to <laughs> <laughs> no the vanderbilt the vanderbilt arena is horrible they've got those weird goals that you know extend way over the floor and they're not they're not even close. So. I can't even
0: tell you. I've watched a game in that stadium. I have,
1: and it's no good. It is no good.
0: The the benches are like on the on the baseline. Yeah, too. they're like
1: they're like twenty feet away from the from the actual court. It's yeah, really let's, weird. Let's play yeah. in JPJ. It's really weird. Um, Austin, yeah. what we're gonna let you go, but what is one last thing that you want to say about the football team and what you what you're looking forward to this year?
0: I'm really looking forward to that Miami game. Mm-hmm. You know, we always play. Play Miami well. They looked pretty bad against LSU, um, and I guess Toledo played them pretty close today. I think their biggest weakness is their O line. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you know handback Snowden, you know if we're able to kind of get some pressure on them. think it could be a close game. The crowd gets into it. You know, as long as it's close at halftime, should be a should be a good game. And you know, think if. If we win that game, I will go on record and say that we should make a bowl game this year. And wow. You know, you know I'm never the most optimistic in uh, <laughs> yeah. UVA sports.
1: Are you, you going to be in Charlottesville for that game? Or are you coming back to YAR? I will be. All right. Yep. Well, hopefully me and Rob will see you there then.
0: Hopefully it goes better yeah. than YAR last yeah. year. Hopefully too. it goes better than
1: YAR <laughs> last year.
0: Uh, it would be an honor to be a part of uh, some of that quote bonus content as
1: well oh we we'll give you the bonus content can't guarantee it'll be
0: up for 24 hours
2: but it'll go on
1: rob likes to tell me to put up bonus content and then delete it the next day that's what he likes to do
0: i gotta focus on my career yeah and and if i get some uh if i get some jones pancakes and bacon too man
2: oh man oh well that one of the guys what a listener yeah austin foster (laughs) ladies and gentlemen austin thank you for coming on Thanks so much.
0: I appreciate you having me. Have a good
2: one. So again, that was Austin Foster, one of, honestly, one of our good friends and also a guy who's got a great eye for UVA sports, great knowledge about UVA football and also from time to time brings us down to earth about UVA basketball.
1: One of the best things about Austin is that he is one of the guys and that's why we love him.
2: What does that mean again, Dustin?
1: You know, we've, me and Rob talked a lot, and we think that that's what we're going to call those of you who listen to the podcast on a regular basis. It's just one of the guys, you know? One of the you're, guys. You're one of the guys. And that is not gender exclusive, all right? If you listen to the pod, you're one of the guys. One it's, of the guys. It's not a big deal. Easy. One of the guys. Yeah. But we would love some feedback. So if you if you think there's a better thing to call us, give us a shout on Twitter,
2: all right? Hit us up.
1: We also follow back
2: on Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> I run the Snapchat account, by the way, and I
1: I run the Twitter account, and I want to say, Twitter has
2: more followers than Snapchat right now. A lot more followers. A lot than more Snapchat. followers. So anyway, great insight from Austin on the football team, and again, like we said, our goal is to bring in the smartest, most knowledgeable people on Virginia sport. So we love. We've brought in some really great people so far. Uh, we would say follow Austin on his website or at his Twitter handle. He has neither of those. He kind of flies off the radar. But Austin's a great resource, uh, great guy to talk to, and you're always going to get a lot of good stuff out of him.
1: And you'll probably f- hear him from him again on this podcast. That's the hope.
2: We want to bring all our people back, yeah. and we're going to bring all our people back. So with that said, we've talked a lot about football, and I don't know what more we can say. Really, really good performance and I think we can leave it at that and be in pretty good shape. And we'll see. We're monitoring how this Louisville game is going at the moment. So we'll see kind of how we're playing next week. But we'll let you know if there's any resolution before we stop recording. So with that, let's turn our attention back to basketball. Yeah. Dustin, I know you've been digging a lot into the schedule release. And there's a lot of really good stuff. And a lot of really good ways to break it down. And that's part of the beauty of playing in the ACC. So Dustin, why don't you take us away with what you think we should be focusing on?
1: Oh boy. Oh boy. You know, I was so excited for the schedule to come out. I was at work. I'm a teacher in Fairfax County. And I was at school when the schedule came out. And as soon as lunch came, I was like, heck yeah, I'm going to look at the schedule all lunch. So I had 30 minutes to look at it. And I tweeted out a bunch of stuff just like right off the bat. And hopefully some of y'all saw that on Twitter. But if not, I'm going to hit a lot of those major points again. So one of the first things I noticed when I saw the schedule is that five out of our first eight games are away. And I think that is a great test for our team to see what we're made of and to see how we can... Try and come out strong, and try and get a good record right off the bat.
2: Yeah, no, that's true. You look at some of these away games to start the season at Boston College, at Clemson, at Duke, and at Notre Dame. And really, that's I love playing. I'm going to say this: I love playing in the ACC yeah. because this is really kind of the nation's best college basketball, and all of those are very legitimate tasks. Obviously, you got Duke coming in with their great recruiting class. Notre Dame finds a way to be top half of the league year after year. Boston College gave us some scares last year. Clemson's always a very good team. Of those first eight games, obviously, there's Duke on the schedule. Anything else besides Duke that pops out at you in those first eight games?
1: Yeah, so I'm looking at specifically games two through five when we go at BC, at Clemson, home versus Virginia Tech, and then at Duke, I think those four games are really going to set the tone for the season. We play Florida State at home first, which I'm not too worried about. It's right after New Year's, right before the students get back to school. And um, hopefully we can beat them. I think Florida State lost a bunch of people. They still got some players. Florida State's always a weird game for us because they've got really athletic, long, tall guys. Always a big team. They're always a big team. And they always seem to want to pick a fight with With us for some reason (laughs) you know they're always fun to play luckily we have them at home this year i think i think we're gonna beat them pretty easily but then this four game stretch where we go at bc at clemson versus tech and then at duke bc is tough um last year they gave us a real big scare at um at jpj kai bowman and jerome robinson Really carried that team. And Jerome Robinson went to the NBA. So really it's Kai Bowman's team now. And so it's going to be up to him to try and carry that team against UVA. I think we should win that game. But again, road games in the ACC are tough. We go to at Clemson next. And that's four days later. So the BC game's on Wednesday. We go to South Carolina at Clemson on a Saturday. And we play at Clemson. Once again... I think we should win, but these road games are tough. Clemson was really good last year, and they should still be good this year. Then we have Tech at home. Tech always plays tough. And then we go to at Duke five days after we play Tech. And that's really the turnaround that I'm looking at, that home game versus Tech, and then that away away game at Duke. And that's really going to tell us what this team is made of.
2: See – all great points i'll flip it though yeah i look at this february stretch mm-hmm. versus duke at north carolina mm-hmm. home against notre dame at virginia tech and at louisville yeah that's the stretch i'm looking at yeah because by that point non-conference maybe we'll lose a game maybe we'll lose two games non-conference is what it is we're an ncaa tournament team right mm-hmm. knock on wood but The non-conference doesn't really have me worked up. There's not that marquee Villanova matchup that we're looking at. Yeah. So non-conference, I'll push aside. I'm not too concerned about the non-conference slate. And
1: we already went over the non-conference schedule. We did.
2: So then I look at the beginning of the ACC schedule, and Tony Bennett's teams, some teams have struggled at the beginning of the ACC schedule. Some have done really well. And some that Elite Eight team really struggled at the beginning of the ACC schedule, uh, you know, that Malcolm Brogdon, Anthony Gill, that team. So I'm not too concerned about that because they struggled and they made the Elite Eight. What I'm looking at, February 9th, Duke, followed by Monday at North Carolina, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, Louisville. That's the meat of our schedule. And we're going to find out then what our team really is. We know we have a really good starting five, presumably Ty, Kyle, Dre, Momady. And jack salt presumably yeah. that's our starting five and it's one of the best in the country i think you can make that argument and come out on top nine times out of ten right we don't know what our bench is going to be like though. yeah what's our bench going to be like and i think in february we're going to start to find out guys are just going to start to get a little bit tired we're going to have to go to the bench a little bit more who knows if this is really indicative of postseason success You know, I think we've kind of determined January play is not indicative of postseason success. Mm -hmm. February, maybe there's a little bit of a gray line whether that leads to March success. But these are five big teams, five of the best teams in the ACC, Mm -hmm. and we play them in that stretch. And I think it's going to test our starters, and I think it's going to test our bench. And I think testing our bench is going to really determine whether or not we're A top half of the ACC team that bows out in the round of 32, round of Sweet 16. Or if we're a top half, top third, top fourth of the ACC team, that's an Elite Eight Final Four contender.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think that Kihei, I think that Marco, I think Jay, and I think that the other guys who are on the bench are going to really have to step up during this time, right? We play, let's go over it real quick. So we play Miami at home on a Saturday. We have a week off before we play Duke at home, okay? I think that week off is really going to help us out because that's right after the stretch of five and eight games away from home, right? We're going to be tired. We're going to be exhausted. We're going to need to rest up and prepare for Duke at home. And then two days later, we go to UNC, right? And that's always a tough place to play. UVA has not historically had a good run in unc in the past couple years we've done okay just because of the teams that we've had but duke on saturday and unc on monday that's really the two game switch that a lot of people have stuck out and said this is the critical point of the season this is the crux of the season right after unc we've got unc's on a monday we've got until next saturday to play notre dame and then tech on monday right so we've got two saturday to monday weeks back to back and i'm interested to see how the coaching staff prepares the teams for that because those are two critical points where it's really it's gonna be really easy to lose at unc and then at tech right because we're just preparing for those home games but the away games might be even more critical right i'm interested to see how we do in that Four-game stretch. I'm not really worried about Louisville this year. You know, they're always tough. They were tough when Patino was coaching them. And last year, they gave us a real scare in Louisville. Luckily, Dre pulled it out in one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) But um, I'm not too worried about Louisville this year. But that four-game stretch, Duke at UNC, Notre Dame at Tech, is also going to play a huge role in how the season shapes up.
2: And then I like the way we end the schedule, too home against Georgia Tech, home against Pittsburgh, at Syracuse, and home against Louisville. So I think those are four games that there's... You know, this is the ACC. ACC basketball is very difficult, and you can lose any game. But those are four games that I think is a good way to end the season, good way to kind of wind things down and start thinking about postseason play.
1: Yeah, in the past five years, we've been really good at home, right? So any home game... I basically chalk up as a win just right off the bat because we have not lost at JPJ. We don't lose at JPJ very often. Let me rephrase (laughs) that. I'm sorry. But, you know, Georgia Tech, not a great team this year. Pitt, they're rebuilding. Not a great team this year. Louisville, rebuilding. Not a great team this year. The only team I'm worried about in that last four-game stretch is Syracuse, and I'll tell you why. Syracuse returns. They're all of their five starters from their Sweet 16 team last year. Okay, They weren't that good offensively, but defensively they were solid enough to keep them in games. And during the NCAA tournament, they really turned it on and were able to score enough points to get to the Sweet 16. This year they bring everyone back, and we play away at Syracuse and only two days after we play Pitt at home. Hopefully... You know, the coaching staff has enough sense to prepare for that Syracuse zone before we play them. You know, we have Georgia Tech at home, Pitt at home, and then we go to Syracuse. So hopefully we are able to prepare for them before we get there. It'll be interesting to see what kind of shape we're in at that point of the season, how many ACC games we have won and lost. Hopefully it's zero that we've lost, but realistically, I expect us to lose probably three or four this year just based on the strength of the ACC.
2: And we'll get into game by game predictions uh you know as the season gets closer. So, don't worry. We'll we'll get there. But hopefully this was a good rundown of the basketball schedule where it's obviously something we're really into, we really like and Tony Bennett is what we hope Bronco Bronco Mendenhall can become. That yeah. type of win on the court, but also a really good guy and a really good developer of men and leaders off the court so it was fun it was a fun week there was a lot of things going on in the virginia sports world
1: yeah and we'll i mean right before the season starts we're probably gonna go game by game and do a win-loss situation and uh hopefully we'll see what happens but for now, that's as much as into the schedule we're going to go because we, we're not sure exactly what this team's going to be, whether Braxton Key is going to be eligible or I'm not. I'm telling you,
2: next week or two, I feel like it has to come out.
1: I It doesn't have to come out. It's got to come out before the team The guys plays. are going to start
2: practicing pretty soon. Yeah. I well, feel like you got to know at some point. At
1: some point, you got to know if they're going to be able to play or not. So the NCAA is going to – they have to rule on that soon. I feel they like have it's got to be soon. They have to. I don't know, I, I don't, I'm just impatient. I just want them to do it, honestly. <laughs> but, you know, I think that it's going to come out soon, and hopefully it's going to be for the best.
2: Yep. So with that, unless, Dustin, you have anything else, do we want to give some yells?
1: Yeah, let's give some yells. Let's give some yells. And my shout-out is going to go to the 5,400 38 people who were in attendance at today's game at Vanderbilt and it was really hard to tell how many of them were UVA fans or in Ohio fans but I think most of them are UVA. Um, some were probably Ohio because you know Ohio's about the same distance away <laughs> as Virginia probably from that but uh, I think also some were just people in Nashville who you just want to see a free football game but Thanks to those fan, those UVA fans who were there. I know y'all gave the, the guys a, a big boost. And uh, hopefully next week at Louisville, we're going to pack the stadium and try and run them out of the gym.
2: Very true. Very true. Um, I got two yells to give today. Oh, okay. Yeah. The first is to the athletics department for their master plan that they unveiled this week. I hope everyone's kind of been following this. Basically, what they're doing is while nostalgic u-haul is kind of needs to come down and it's part of that plan bring down u-haul bring down the cage build a real football facility that's modern and up-to-date build more practice fields get the softball stadium so it's not at the park it's where everything else is beside Clockner, davenport the track field Mm -hmm. that master plan was approved by the board this week so funding is still in the works but it's Exciting to see kind of what the future of uh, Virginia Athletics looks like, at least from a facility standpoint. It's so happening. It's, it's happening. And anyone who watched the football game today and saw Carla Williams, I hope you were as impressed as I was. Carla Williams brings really a new energy to the athletic department, a new vision, and I'm really excited about what she can bring.
1: I, I'm going to have to look that up later because I was playing darts at halftime, time, <laughs> so...
2: Um. Yeah, that's I have no excuse. I did not see it. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> so one yell is going to go to Carla Williams, the Board of Visitors, and the new master plan that was released this week. The second is going to be to Ben Smiley. For those of you who don't know Ben Smiley, Ben Smiley is a extremely talented defensive tackle prospect that is considering the University of Virginia for next year. He's entering his senior year of high school. He's got an 24/7 composite, and he's a guy that has considered Virginia for a long time, and he's been kind of leading us on maybe a little bit. 24-7 crystal ball has him at 86% in favor of Virginia, so we're really excited about him potentially coming on board, and i tell you, you look at our defensive line, the way Vic Sohoto's coached him up, and the success that we've had with admittedly kind of limited players, you know, with your Richard Burneys, Mandy Alonzo still an underclassman, we're playing two true freshmen in the rotation, all of a sudden you add Ben Smiley next year, that's exciting. That's exciting. So, that's a player to keep your eye on, a player that if he comes aboard and he's healthy, is an immediate impact type of player. So there's like we said, there's a lot to get excited about in Virginia Sports this week.
1: He, he's really teasing us though. He on Twitter, he tweeted a photo of him in a UVA uniform next to Jaquay Hubbard, who is one of our offensive line commits that we talked about last week. I I don't know why he hasn't committed yet, right? If he's tweeting that kind of stuff,
2: why hasn't he committed yet? Chris? The 24-7 crystal ball has him at Virginia 86%. I don't likely, care about so. the crystal
1: ball. I just want him to actually say what he's going to do. Right? He's got offers from Tennessee, Oklahoma, a lot of other big programs too. And if he chooses Virginia, it'll be a really big turning point for us.
2: Here's hoping that Ohio game was... The swing he needed to finally come on board. We wish him the best regardless of which college he chooses. Of course. Of course. We hope he chooses UVA.
1: But but he said he was going to choose soon. And he said that like on Tuesday. All right.
2: And it's been a (laughs) long time since Tuesday. So that's all I'm saying. We're looking forward to that announcement. Ben Smiley, if you by chance are listening, we wish you the best. And uh, also hope you come to join the Who's
1: Ben Smiley, if you're listening to this, DM us on Twitter and uh, (laughs) we'll hit you up with some merch.
2: So I think that wraps up. I don't even know how many episodes this is. This is eight. This is episode eight. Episode eight. eight. This has been a wild ride
1: for us. We are so um, excited to keep this going. And thank you for everyone who has made this possible for us. But make sure to follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Snapchat at Guys and Pod for both of those. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. And we hope to see you next week.
2: Go who's baby? Go who's baby.